I really see a huge need for educational content in this space of, of, of psychedelics um, Definitely. because they're, they're such, such powerful tools, but yeah, really, really um, if I've, if my time here has emphasized anything, it is that the importance of the context in which uh, these substances are, are consumed and, and the support that's provided around the experience. So um, yeah, man. Yeah. That's awesome. Is that what you do? Like you're a facilitator? Yes. My title is a psychedelic facilitator here. And what that means is that I work on these retreats uh, to work with the guests before, during, and after their psilocybin experiences to optimize outcomes for healing, awakening, personal growth, inner transformation, and um yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's, it's amazing, amazing work where, uh, you know, it's one thing to see all the, all this research that's coming out of uh, Johns Hopkins and all these other research institutions that are finding all these amazing findings about how effective psilocybin and other psychedelics are in treating depression, anxiety, trauma, OCD, addiction, all these things. But it's a whole other thing, you know, to see it in real time. To, yeah. to, to watch that unfold before mm-hmm. your before your very eyes and see um, the transformation that people experience over the course of a week it's 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 remarkable like you can see people just open up their body language changes the way they communicate is much more relaxed and grounded and present and centered and they're smiling more I mean um, it's it's really gratifying and and uh, it just feels like such a privilege and an honor to be a part of this work, to really go to those deep places with people where we are having these real deep, vulnerable, authentic, uh, conversations and connections and, um, yeah, just enjoying the ride as much as possible. That's awesome, man. Can you go over like what the retreat is like and what your job in the retreat is actually like, like would actually kind of take me through like a week long retreat or how most definitely yeah so um um it is they they are week-long retreats and there are three uh dosing sessions over the course of the week so the rough outline is that everyone will arrive on friday evening the first kind of group meeting will be saturday morning usually these groups are around 10 people in size and everyone just kind of kind of shares a little bit, you know, about what brings them to the experience, what they hope to uh, explore and, uh, you know, any intentions, any anything, any core wounds that they would they, they would like to address and um, sort of just prepare for the experience. And so as a facilitator, my role in that we have a team of facilitators, usually there's about one facilitator for every two guests. Um, so as a team of facilitators, there, there will be a lead facilitator, but um, in that sort of preparatory phase, our, our role is to really connect with the guests, to establish a sense of trust, to communicate that we are here not to judge, but really to love, to uh, offer this um, safe space, this safe and supportive setting for people to um really open up and explore both the highs and the lows of this human experience and, and, and do this deep inner work. Um, so 
there's a whole preparation phase of answering questions and addressing anxiety. And then there's the dosing itself, right? So there's three dosing sessions. Each dosing session will last around six hours. Like it's kind of an all day experience. Um, and yeah, in that, in that, I mean, it's just, it's, it's hard to know where to begin. It's, it's so amazing to be part of these like group dosing experiences. A lot of people ask like, what do I do as a facilitator in the dosing space? And usually my response is, uh, the more important question is how are you being as a facilitator? It's not about doing X, Y, and Z. It's about bringing a, uh, state of presence like Mm -hmm. this empathetic abiding presence it's yeah yeah it's really just just being in that space with people and sort of tapping in to higher states of consciousness like inwardly and just offering that as a silent gift to that individual Mm. uh you know going through their thing because really i mean as a facilitator it's important to recognize that the mushroom is the healer here. The mushroom is the teacher. And my role is to facilitate this process and essentially get out of the way as much as possible and sort of help um, to uh, encourage this sort of inwardly oriented attention and, uh, and uh, full immersion in this, this inner, this inner experience. So, I mean, usually like as a facilitator in the dosing space, what it'll look like is just me sitting and meditating for a couple hours. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I do, I do, I very rarely initiate a conversation with someone who's in that space. Uh, you know, even a, people are in such a raw and suggestible state that even a single word that you say can take the entire trip in a, in a direction, you know? So, um, usually I'll go in and and I'll sit with someone if, if I see that they're having a hard time. And, um, if they initiate a conversation, if they want to speak through what they're experiencing and, and sort of like as a, as a means to process, um, then I'm all there for that. You know, I'm, uh, let's talk, let's, 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 let's uh, explore what's coming up. But usually it's, it is more not about doing anything in the dosing space. It's about being there in, in a, in a warm, uh, supportive, non-judgmental, uh, heart centered kind of way, you know? And, and I do, I do like, I do, this is where, this is kind of at the fringes of, of, um, the scientific exploration of the scientific, of the psychedelic experience, you know, because these are certain things that can't really be measured, but I see, and I feel time and time again, the, uh, almost on that energetic level that, uh, the state of consciousness um, and the emotional state, the state of being that all the guests and all the facilitators bring into that dosing space um, affects the nature of the experience, you know? Mm-hmm. So um, yeah. So that's a little bit about the, the, the dosing session itself. I mean, it is, it is, it is really amazing. Like you see the whole spectrum of the human experience, you know, in these dosing experiences you see from just, bliss and out out outrageous laughter to uh to you know great pain and and um from bodily discomfort to uh you know terror like these 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 experiences can induce a lot of anxiety and even even fear in some cases 
uh, difficult emotions of of shame and fear and guilt. These 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 emotions that uh, as humans we tend to really repress, like throughout mm-hmm. throughout our life. You know, um, even going back to our earliest childhood. I mean, it's a way of of surviving and and navigating through this world in a way we have. In some cases, we have no choice but to repress, for example, a traumatic experience. But that that wound, that core wound is still, it doesn't just disappear. It's still there somewhere with us. It doesn't just dissipate. And on in often unconscious ways, it'll bleed out into our life, into our relationships, into our career, into, uh, you know, uh, depression or, or elevated anxiety. And so what, what I find as one of the, uh, one of the, kind of trends in the sorry about the dogs barking in the background by the way it's um, all right <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's Jamaican life um, <laughs> wh- one of the trends that uh, I see very regularly in in this psychedelic healing process is that uh, psilocybin and other psychedelics have this amazing capacity to lower the threshold between the conscious and the unconscious mind mm-hmm. so all of this unconscious material is just like bubbling up like all these memories and and emotions, many of which may have been repressed or just forgotten about, you know, um, in the process of those things coming up into the light of awareness, then they can be processed in a new way. They can move through us. They can, they can, they can, there's, there's a, there's a profound healing aspect to that. So that's a big part of, of, of the healing that, that happens in the dosing experience. And then of course, like afterwards as facilitators, there's this all important part of, of, uh, integration. Like how do we, how do we use this experience? And this is a big part of the work that we do here too, is having these conversations before and after each of the dosing sessions is like, how do we use these experiences to transform our lives from the inside out? How do we leverage this, uh, wisdom, these insights that we've gotten in that experience into real changes in our everyday lived experience, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, which is easier said than done in a lot of ways, but, uh, uh, yeah, there's a lot to it. And, and so, so that's kind of like the arc of the, the work as a facilitator from that preparation to the dosing itself, to the integration. But, um, it really is, it really is like an honor, uh, and a privilege to be a part of this work. And, Mm -hmm. and, um, it's amazing. I really do think that this is the future of mental health care in a lot of ways, uh, you know, the, I'm just rambling at this point. You can stop me at any point. No, if this you'd is like, great, but, man. Uh, <laughs> You're bringing up amazing points. I agree hundred <laughs> percent. Thanks, man. Thanks. Uh, um, I do think that this is the future of mental health. If you look at, if you look at, uh, the history of mental health care, not that I'm any like crazy expert in this field, but, uh, the last major breakthrough was in the 1980s where they discovered SSRIs, selective serotonin reuptake inhibitor inhibitors. This is like the gold standard for antidepressant medication. And uh, they don't work. The thing is, let me, let, me, let me backtrack and say that there are some cases in which uh, these medications can be enormously helpful and important for people just to get, get out of bed and, and, do, and live their lives, you know? And I respect that. Uh, at the same time, like, what we see is that these antidepressant medications and, and benzos, anti-anxiety medications, they really only address the symptoms of mm-hmm. the issue, right? It's like symptom management. It's like, how do we numb this pain? This, this is the difference between uh, uh, pharmaceutical antidepressants and psilocybin mushrooms or other psychedelics. 
the psychedelics in, in, in a matter of one or two experiences can go to the very root cause of, of the issue and, and thereby provide like a meaningful and lasting healing in our lives rather than having to take a daily regimen of anti uh, depressants or anti-anxiety medications just to get by. This is a whole, it's a, like a quantum leap. It's yeah. a, it's a quantum leap where you're taking one or two doses and you're going to the very root of the issue. Um, and of course, you know, as I mentioned, like my experience here has really, really emphasized the importance of the context around the use of these substances, because like it would be hugely irresponsible to say that these like psilocybin or any other psychedelic, um, they are unbelievably miraculous healing forces and beyond like, but at the same time, it would be hugely irresponsible to just go doling them out to anyone on the street and saying like, just, just take this and have a good time because the context around the use of the substance is just as important yeah. as the substance itself. And that kind of is set and setting. Um, and having, you know, one important thing is having people there just to support you, to offer that, that calm, empathetic presence and just sort of keep you grounded and reassure you that no matter how difficult this experience is in this present moment, it's going to pass. It's going to yeah. pass. And there, there's going to be almost always there's going to be some healing and awakening on the other side of it and through it. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Dude. They allow us in the right situation to dissolve boundaries and allow us to be okay with change because we just like, humans like comfort it's understandable and change can be a little discomforting so if you're there to like take care of the change that they need to go through that's huge man because it's hard for us to do it alone i think just a lot of us just don't want to confront these things alone but i think if there's somebody else in this uh in this state of mind which is the mushroom state of mind which is very sensitive and you know it's, it's a it's it's a very outside the box thinking outside the box, I guess, orientation of the mind. I mean, if you have somebody else that's there, that's grounded, that can assure you that it's going to be okay. Um, that's huge, man. Like, I think we all sometimes on or off mushrooms, we all just need to be reassured. Like you said, it's all temporary. It's all going to pass and it's all going to be okay. So that's awesome, man. You're like, you bring the good energy, it seems like, to the experience, which is what the experience needs. Because it's not just about, like you said, taking mushrooms. It's about using mushrooms as a tool for the experience. They're, yes. like, a, they're like a key that unlocks the door to your mind, your unconscious mind. And sometimes you just need to know where the door is, I guess, in a way. You just kind of need to have some guidance to get to the door and then once you know it's there someone like you i'm not well you help them put the key in the lock and unlock it and then that's how we change into a new scenery of the mind yeah beautifully said bro beautifully said you want a job <laughs> yeah i'm in <laughs> um, awesome. no no seriously seriously that was that was that was really well said i couldn't agree more with that and and it really is it's it's a tool it's a it's a technology it's a key it's amazing how these are, they're ancient yeah. uh, tools that have been around for hundreds of thousands of years. And yet they are also in some way like hyper advanced, which is really interesting. But, you know, I do often compare uh, psychedelics to 
just in the same way that we need a telescope to peer more deeply into the star, into the, the cosmos, yeah. um, psychedelics represent a metaphorical lens through which we can peer more deeply inwards into the nature of mind and consciousness itself. And there is this healing aspect to it of by uh, increasing self-awareness, the natural co consequence of that is, is healing in many cases, but in a way that's just the beginning. That's yeah. just the beginning because like the telescope, this is a tool for uh, exploring the mysteries of life and existence. This is, I, I, I believe that these ancient tools could be on the cutting edge of scientific discovery into the nature of consciousness and the nature of reality itself. Yeah, 100%. 100%, no <laughs> doubt about that. And like uh, in, I'll, 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 I would like to talk about DMT for a second because mm -hmm. DMT has, I, I currently work predominantly with psilocybin, which is an amazing healing tool. But when it comes to this, this like exploration of the nature of consciousness, uh, DMT is just unbelievably incredible in the sense that uh, it really, you know, it consistently provides this experience of uh, an out-of-body experience where subjectively it feels as though consciousness or the soul, the spirit, awareness, essence, uh, however you want to call it, it subjectively feels as though that separates from this human lifetime temporarily, like you leave this body behind and you, uh, there's like this feeling of acceleration, like you blast off and uh, it's commonly called a breakthrough, DMT breakthrough, where it feels as though you have emerged in some sort of alternate realm or dimension of existence beyond this physical universe. Um, and what's remarkable is, well, there's a lot that's remarkable about it. Uh, <laughs> one, for some strange reason, uh, it's, it's almost always reported that upon when having these DMT breakthrough experiences of exploring these alternate realms and dimensions of existence, uh, we encounter entities there that seem to be, have an autonomous existence. They exist outside of us. Uh, they seem to be intelligent. In many cases, they seem to be advanced. And in just about every case, they uh, appear subjectively to be more real or just as real as you and I. And this is one of the most uh, consistently reported features of the DMT experience is that when people come back from this experience, they say that felt, I don't know what the, what the hell just happened there, but that felt more real than this everyday waking reality. Um, and, you know, all over the world, this is a great mystery. There are so many mysteries to this, to this substance. Uh, one of them being that it's produced endogenously in, in the human body. Uh, and in every single mammal that has been tested so far and in thousands of plant species, although, but, and yet it's a biological role is still unknown. Why, hmm. why is DMT like from an evolutionary perspective, why is DMT naturally produced in the human body? What role does it play in our system? Uh, this powerfully psychedelic molecule for some reason is naturally produced in the human brain and we have no idea why this is a great mystery but not only that i mean then you have when you go when you really start to explore the subjective experience itself um the consistency of these reports is is, is really incredible where people from all different 
you know, parts of the world from all different social, cultural, religious backgrounds, mm -hmm. uh, they report the same core characteristics. Like the, the, the range of DMT experiences is, is huge. Like there's no limit to how weird or bizarre th this experience can be, but very often we see the same core characteristics of this out-of-body experience, encountering some sort of invisible world or alternate reality and encountering beings there. So just those characteristics alone, uh, what does this tell us about the nature of reality? Is this really all a mind-fabricated hallucination? If so, then why does it feel more real than this lifetime? And if it's all just a hallucination in the brain, then why are the reports and descriptions of DMT experiences so consistent? Mm -hmm. uh, these are really big questions that haven't even mainstream science hasn't even begun to scratch the surface of, yeah. of, of this experience, you know, and this is what I was talking about, how like psychedelics have unbelievable healing properties and we haven't even begun to scratch the surface there. There's so many different uses, but, uh, when it comes to these like more subtle, uh, metaphysical questions, I guess there's nothing subtle about it. It's like, is God real or, or not? And like, what, what is the nature of reality? Um, and why are we here? These are really, why are we, why are we here? Who are we? Yeah. Uh, where did we come from? Where are we going? Uh, the, it's amazing how this simple molecule that's found all throughout the natural world and in our own bodies is a key that takes us. It's a rabbit hole that takes us to the heart of life's biggest questions. All of them. <laughs> <laughs> like, the answer's right here, everybody. <laughs> it's like, why aren't we talking about this, people? Yeah, um, and and that's that's that was a big uh, reason why I started my YouTube channel, uh, Cosmic Consciousness with Jonas, because uh, I I had some experiences with DMT, and it did fundamentally shift my worldview. I started, I lived more than half my life as. Uh, as an atheist, as a materialist, I was absolutely conv convinced that consciousness is a product of the complex interaction of the neurons in the brain. There's nothing beyond this physical body. And that's that. Like, I got it yeah. all figured out. Mm -hmm. And um, psychedelics and DMT in particular just couldn't have more profoundly shattered that whole perspective that I know what's happening here. All of a sudden, everything was flipped on its head and everything was a mystery, including the nature of self. But what was what what did become clear increasingly was that there is this essence to our being uh, that is not limited to this physical body, nor this human identity. There's some essence to what we are that is transcendent, infinite, eternal. And uh, I do believe th this is. Quantum physics as well is starting to provide some, some, you know, scientific evidence to substantiate that, that idea, which spiritual visionaries have been telling us this for thousands of years all yeah. over the world. Everyone has been saying the same core teaching, look within the mystery of the self, and you can discover that there is much more than what meets the eye. Mm -hmm. Um, and modern science is just now starting to catch up to that. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's like it's ironic in a way, but quantum physics is now starting to discover like not everyone. There's, a, of course, a lot of disagreement about this, but a, a good amount of quantum physicists are propose this idea of non-local consciousness, 
which, which uh, essentially means that consciousness is fundamental. It exists beyond this one human lifetime. It's transcendent. It's infinite. It, 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 is, it is fundamental to nature, just like space or time or energy or mass or charge. Uh, consciousness could also be a fundamental quality or aspect of uh, existence that is currently seems to be contained within uh, this body and mind, but does not die with the death of the physical body. It's, 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 it's beyond it's transcendent. The way I often describe or, or sort of like as a metaphor I use is I think it's, it's similar to uh, a computer, like Mm -hmm. just in the same way that a computer is powered by electricity. Uh, when the computer dies, the electricity continues. Electricity is way more vast than any one device, right? Mm -hmm. Like the electricity animates the computer and yet it exists independently of it. And just in the same way, I'm now convinced. And I believe that, uh, you know, someday in the near distant future, the scientific community is going to have to grapple with this is that just in the same way, the brain bio computer doesn't generate the consciousness, which animates it. The consciousness mm-hmm. exists. It's a, it's part of something much greater than yeah, this like one lifetime. And it is almost quite literally electromagnetic energy that we run throughout our body. Like we actually do have electricity. So in a way that is our life force. If you look at it, if you want to measure it in a certain amount of Hertz, like we do have consciousness is a certain amount of electrical energy that you can measure. So it's interesting that you use that metaphor with computers. Computers are a perfect metaphor for our own being. Like just so much of it, like our, you can use so much to kind of explain how we think because mm. like a processor, like we process stuff, a, a hard drive is stored as like our memories. Um, I yeah. don't know. It's an, ex- it's an extension of our being. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I mean, like it, it is, it's very true what you say that, um, you know, on a more fundamental level, we are energetic beings and that's yeah. not like a spiritual statement that's a scientific statement that like um you know in my very superficial understanding of quantum physics uh when when we drill down to deeper and deeper more and more fundamental layers of of reality subatomic and go deeper and deeper into the particles and what which what make up the particles of the particles and particles on the on the most fundamental level the idea that bigger objects are made of smaller objects breaks down and they're rather than all these discrete separate uh, objects, um, the, this quantum field is better understood understood as a unified field of energy and potential, yeah. and we are all expressions of that, right? Like, like waves in the same ocean of life. Just how there's one wave there, and there's one wave there, and in in a very real way, they are two separate waves. But on a deeper, more fundamental level, there's an underlying unity there, right? Yep. And if, if, if we look at the history of the universe, like if we go back, you know, 13.8 billion years to the Big Bang, which, you know, mainstream science agrees, this is the best way of understanding the history of the universe. Everything began as a ball of energy and potential that was a billion times smaller than a single atom. That is unity. That is oneness. That is the infinite ocean of life that you were there and I was there mm-hmm. and all of this was there in, yeah. in, some, in some form in this infinite unity. Uh, we all emerged out of the same source. And so 
I think this is where science meets spirituality, right? This idea of, of, uh, unity, the unified field where we're recognizing that like, yes, we have this human identity and this, this physical body, but that's really just like the surface. That's the wave on the surface of the ocean within each one of us. And what I'm referring to now is consciousness in the very core of our being there is this deeper essence that is one with all of life. That is a direct expression of that infinite source energy from which everything came. And we all have that same, that, that within us, we exactly. all are, are an expression of that. Right. And, mm-hmm. and this is, this is, this is seeing beyond the human, the, the identity beyond, beyond the ego and awakening to this more fundamental truth of who and what we are. These, these, transcendent beings that are uh temporarily incarnated in in this in this human lifetime i mean that's that's how i see it anyway yeah that's it that's just figured it out man that's (laughs) 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 that's awesome what always gets me though is that so yes we are infinite consciousness we all we all stem from the same point of um the big bang we all stem from that all the same point of energy just expressing itself subjectively in this billions and billions of different ways so then why am i in my body and you're in yours like it feels like i'm in mine and you're in yours there's something to that i think i don't know what it is but there's something to that (laughs) i i I wish i had an answer i i really don't i'm not going to pretend that i do i mean this is the mystery of life this is the question why are why are we here what is the purpose of uh what these lifetimes are and and i think you know that's such a deep question i mean you could there there are books and but there are libraries written on that one question of what is the purpose what is the meaning why are we here um and there's so many levels to it you know i mean i I, i've asked myself this question i've looked at a tree i'm like what is the purpose of that tree right there like what is the purpose of of a flower or you know my cat at home who lays on the bed all freaking day and never does anything like what is what is that that there 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 are layers to it and i think yeah. you know a lot of that the ways that we understand purpose and meaning are on the human level uh which is an important part of it but it is just part of it right there's this deeper and more holistic view of like we're ultimately asking what is the purpose of life like what is the purpose of this universe basically because it is all interconnected right um and I don't know if there's an answer that can be uh, to that question that can be comprehended or uh, articulated <laughs> in the human language. In fact, I kind of doubt that there is because like the mind can't grasp the infinite. Right. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I think that I don't know. I mean, just like. In looking around and, and reflecting on this question a lot, I mean, again, there are there are many levels to it. I, I think that there is this process of exploration and discovery going on where it's like infinite unity has embarked on this adventure of infinite diversity and multiplicity Mm -hmm. in order to explore itself and return to unity. It's like it breaks off branches off into infinite multiplicity. And then in a way uh, ultimately there's, there's, there's this path from unity to subjective apparent multiplicity and then back to unity i mean unity is unity is always here it's never it's never not here but uh you know from that human Mm. level that's that's and and um 
Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I get. I I, I think this is this is more kind of like the mystical side of me speaking. Like I, I, I'm not presenting this as fact. It's just my personal opinion or perspective, but I do think that essentially um, there's this deeper level of the adventure of uh, being where I do think that each one of us has incarnated on countless, on, on countless occasions in countless lifetimes here on earth and, and beyond. In fact, like the reason I say that is because that was something that I seem to be uh, perceiving in my DMT experience. Like one of these experiences, it was like I, almost outside of time, I was looking at myself, um, not Jonas, the body, but the essence uh, expressing itself in all of these different lifetimes. Damn. And so what is going on there? I mean, if that, <laughs> if, if, if that, if that is the case, then it opens up whole other dimensions of, of exploring this question of meaning that aren't limited to this one human lifetime. I, I think those are the deeper aspects that I'm really interested in exploring and discussing. But like, um, I do think that earth is like this, it's this, like, it's this school, it's yeah. this school for, it's this, 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 uh, learning and growing an evolutionary mechanism for uh, us as like individuations of consciousness, but more importantly, for, for the totality, for, for the, uh, for the infinite. Um, I don't know, man. What do you think about all that? I think you're definitely onto something. We come from unity. We separated into our own, our own bodily vessel. And then you said we go back to unity, but I think it's going back to a unity through our awareness of the unity because we are always unified, yes. like you said, but not everybody is aware of that at this moment. So the process that we're going through right now is all of us becoming aware of that unified field of consciousness. And then from there, it's like a new evolution of consciousness because we are separate yet unified. And from there, I don't know what happens, <laughs> but that's like yin and yang. Once we realize there's like, there seems to be an imbalance in our world right now of, um, of consciousness. And once we realize the unified field, we bring it back to a balance of the separateness, yet also unified at the same time. And these plant medicines allow us to tap into that field, that unified field of consciousness. And from there, um, we change as people ultimately, you know, it's it, it, like you said, we are, we are in our bodies. We are in this vessel, this singular vessel at this point, but it's our job. Ultimately, I think it's our job to find out who we are and why we're here. That's the, the I think the purpose of life of, of multiple, multiple incarnations is you keep going through lessons until you find out what we really are. And when you find out what you really are, it's that you are some may say god you are the unified field of consciousness you are everything um but it's not just simply coming to that awareness it's also living in that awareness and acting from that awareness and that's yes. the whole journey of life and you know the karma we we reap from what we sowed in our past lifetimes or this lifetime that's kind of the point is that it's like we're continually singularly but also collectively trying to stay on that spirit consciousness the god consciousness the unified consciousness and like you said easier said than done we're just kind of it is it's like we're learning how to do that 
earth is we're here on earth to learn how to love essentially mm-hmm. that we're this is the school of love man <laughs> that's where earth is we're here to learn how because if we were always unified if we stayed in the unified consciousness then we wouldn't be separate consciousness which means we wouldn't be able to love so first we had to separate first and then once we're separate that is learning how to love which is essentially learning about ourselves and then we ultimately ideally hopefully all in the future are on that wavelength of love and unification yet also separate and then the balance the equilibrium is there and we build a better world we essentially build heaven on earth i don't know maybe maybe i'm a little too idealistic and optimistic on that but that's where i kind of see why that's how i see where we're going and why we're here ideally dude once again very well said and i love that you brought up this idea of love because (laughs) um that's exactly what i was going to say was what i was going to say and if there was the most concise possible answer i could possibly give to the question of what is the purpose of this love period yeah. next qu- next question <laughs> but there, there's a lot there's a there's a lot to unpack there um but yeah i mean you mentioned some really interesting ideas there is no doubt that we are living right now at at a momentous momentous time in the 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 history of uh humankind and life on earth um that i would I do characterize, and this is again not based on anything that I can necessarily point to. It's sort of like an intu- in, intu- intuitive sense, but I think that there are a lot of people, more and more people in the world, who share this intuitive sense and this intuitive knowing that there is some great transformation that's underway mm-hmm. uh, in 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 humanity. Uh, whether whether we want to call it the great awakening, the great shift, uh, you know, the the spiritual evolution of of humankind, uh, that's that's not even. I mean, in a way, it's obvious. Like, look around the world, look at all all the upheaval, all of the um, the struggle. To be honest, the the struggle, the 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 suffering, the strain, the social, political, economic upheaval, all of these things we have to reflect what, why, what is this conveying to us mm-hmm. about the evolution of humankind and where we are at as a species. And one, clearly this is a reflection of where we are at as a collective, as, as a species. Again, this, this ties back to uh, oneness, the interconnectedness of all beings here on planet earth and beyond. But like, really I see humankind as like a network kind of like, I mean, kind of like, uh, the computer metaphor where you got a whole network of computers and then suddenly you've got this sort of internet, right? Um, There is this collective consciousness of humanity. And um, again, it's, there's so many layers of this. This goes so much deeper than the surface appearance of things, right? Like this is a deeper inner shift and inner transformation of humanity. But I do think that all of the conflict that we're seeing in the world right now in these momentous times is a symptom that this great shift is underway as well as further evolutionary catalyst forcing us to change and, and evolve and, and change our ways. But, you know, I often compare it to um, the transformation of a, of a caterpillar to a butterfly, yep. right? 
this is the this is the evolution of us as individuals as well as us as collectives as a as a collective um in a way the caterpillar has to break down it has to die in order in the in the chrysalis it dissolves into this like liquid molecular soup it's crazy it's a it's a absolute miracle uh how this happens but for, in order for the butterfly to emerge from that chrysalis, first, the caterpillar has to die. It has to break down. It has to dissolve in order to create this opportunity in the midst of chaos. Out of cha In chaos, there is immense opportunity, right? There is, there's, there's opportunity for something new to emerge. And that's what's, that's what's happening right now as far as I see it. I mean, you know, in, in my social circles and just in the world around me, I do get the sense that more and more people are starting to explore. Uh, these ideas are starting to awaken and, and starting to uh, reconnect with uh, spirit. And, yeah. and this is another key point that is, is I think this is at the very, very root of so many of the conflicts that we see uh, around the world in our individual lives, as well as socially is this idea that, um, we have lost in, in the, in the modern Western world, especially we have lost our connection with spirit. We have lost our connection with the knowing that life is sacred. Life is a sacred miracle. Like yeah. look around, it's an infinite miracle and mystery. We've lost that connection with the sacredness of life and we've lost our, our connection with, uh, which is another way of, of saying we've lost our connection with oneness, with yep. the fundamental unity of, of, of all things we've gone so so deep so far into this illusion of, of separateness of of uh individuation and and materialism and and uh uh this is no longer serving us something has to change like um if if something doesn't here's the thing i believe that a evolution of consciousness is the only thing that's going to save humanity ultimately from total self-destruction yeah. And that sounds like a pessimistic thing to say, but I, I'm a complete optimist. I think it's happening, baby. I think this is this is the way of life. Evolution is the nature of life. And I, I think that, you know, on, on a met metaphysical level, like the, the, this situation is in good hands. Like this is going in a positive direction. <laughs> Eventually, it might it's probably going to get worse before it gets better. But uh, I'm fully optimistic about that. But um it's going to take more than like clever politics, right? It's going to take more than external social changes. All that yep. stuff is necessary. But what we're talking about here is an inner transformation in the minds and the hearts of humanity where people are going through their individual processes of spiritual awakening, whatever that looks like for them, you know, but just opening our minds to greater possibilities, to the interconnectedness of all things and opening our hearts to love and tapping into higher states of consciousness in that way. And this is the thing. World peace begins within each one of us. Hmm, that's this great. is how we co-create world peace. Yep. World peace begins within each one of us, right? And, and so as you and I and more and more of us are going through this process of deep inner work, healing, evolution, uh, this is what's driving forth this, this evolution of, of humanity and consciousness um, that, as I said, is it's multidimensional. It goes, I believe it goes, this goes beyond what, you know, the surface appearance of things. It's like, um, 
this is a cosmic thing that's happening here is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. That's great, man. Um, it seems like a, uh, an exercise of deprogramming ourselves from how we were raised or deprogramming maybe for multiple lifetimes, but there's some kind of process that we have to go through in order to heal ourselves. Cause it seems like, at least for me, I was never really turned on to any of these concepts from the outside world or any of my peers, really, I guess you could say, it's just kind of something that we all have to come to that inner peace first and then outer peace after for world peace. And it's like, it's a, it's not always pretty, but it's something that I think we all have to do. It's like, a, it's an essence of deconditioning. Like there's something that we just have to say, this world is not, this world of struggle and chaos is not for me. Like you said, like this, we live in the world where it's, it's, it's a lot of people are, are struggling. A lot of people are suffering. And that's the process is you say, like, I don't want to do this anymore. There has to be another way. And there is another way. And the other way is recognizing what you truly are. And what you truly are goes beyond all the chaos of the world, all the bullshit, the drama, anything that uh, is happening on your phone, on the news, whatever. Anything that is uh, on the outside is not, it's not going to bring you peace. It's really not. So once we once we approach ourselves um, from a different point of view and see that we are separate from that, we are truly greater than anything that the outside, anything that the outside world could tell us would bring us peace, which is obviously a lie. Once we know that we're greater than that, then that's how we move on and evolve. But we all have to do it on ourselves, like on our own accord, which I think is interesting. Like it's all through direct experiences, how we reach this kind yes. of this unified consciousness it's all through a lot has to do with plant medicine which is interesting like psychedelics but it's not it doesn't always have to i don't really think it always has to be like that but definitely helps i think it, i think it's what we need right well, now to accelerate that yes yes <laughs> again you touch on, you touch on you touch on a couple key points like this idea of so the way that i, I think that sort of this collective evolution is unfolding in the same way, essentially, as the individual awakening happens through us as individuals. And yeah. one, one, one key example of that is this idea of the dark night of the soul. Uh, for many people, this, this spiritual awakening is initiated by a period of intense suffering, where just as you said, it's like, I can't take this anymore. There's got to be another way of being in this world where I'm not crippled by uh, this sense of suffering, which much of which is is almost self-inflicted, right? Through the and it is a process of it is a process of exactly as you said, deprogramming, where uh, we're returning to that deeper that the true essence of our being. It's not that we have to learn all of this spiritual wisdom and do all of these spiritual practices. It's really all about a direct experiential process of returning to the present moment, this homecoming to the present moment and feeling inwardly. And just through this process of inner exploration of meditating on our own awareness, aware of awareness, this mm. is like a natural evolutionary process that unfolds within each one of us. Just like how, if you give a flower, water and sunlight and nutrients, it's going to blossom on its own accord uh, as a natural consequence. 
there's nothing that has to be done. It's really through this process of being and, 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 uh, this is how we discover peace in the eye of the midst of the storm. You know, that stillness mm. in the, in the eye of the midst of the storm, because just like you said, it's not going to be found anywhere in the external world. You know, Buddhism refers to this as samsara. You can look as long as you want. You can achieve as many great goals and dreams. You can achieve all your greatest dreams, my friend. And that itself is not going to deliver true peace and contentment. And even everything is not enough for someone who isn't connected to this, this inner, uh, to the sacredness of life, the spirit, that this inner, this inner connection and knowing of this greater unity of life. Um, mm-hmm. and yeah. 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 It's huge, man. And it's, I, it's almost laughable when people say like this life isn't special or anything. Like they just like, Oh, this is just a random occurrence of atoms just so happen to line up in the right I mean, I guess if you want to like take that reductionist viewpoint, that's cool. But like, I choose to think that this is the, like, you know, being alive is, um, you know, like you said, it's sacred. And that's another aspect to it too, is just realizing how cool it is to just simply exist in the good times and in, in the bad times. I'd rather feel something than nothing at all. And that's kind of another aspect and yes. insight that I get from the spiritual practice, quote unquote, you know, it's kind of just, mm-hmm. just, it's just a, uh gratitude for just simply having this experience at all that's another aspect of the sacredness too you know yes <laughs> yeah what yeah 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 absolutely i'm 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 vibing with it i couldn't agree more like uh i think that's where this 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 whole path of spiritual exploration and uh evolution like where is it taking us ultimately? Where is it leading towards? I don't know. I think the journey is uh, the, the destination. longer that I exactly the longer that I've sat sat with that question, the more clear it's become that there is no destination apart from the present moment. Um, and there's a sense of, uh, like you said, I mean once we are, once we're really going deep in, into, into presence, I mean, this is what Eckhart Tolle talks about really beautifully in his work, but uh, the power of now, once we're going deeper into presence, coming out of the mind and, and back into, I, I call it heart centered awareness. Like this is for me, my, my pretty much my only spiritual practice. And it's not even a practice. It's not a doing, it's a way of being, but living like this as our home base rather than this and yeah. just allowing the mind to settle down and get quiet and and really uh, being centered, like living in our center, being grounded and 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 present and aware and in just resting as we are. That is such a liberating feeling because mm-hmm. we're always trying to do and accomplish and achieve so much. But ironically, the way to to acquire all that we have in some senses is to rest as we are and relax into presence. And as we do that, just, just resting in being in stillness and inner silence, feeling inwardly, then there's an undeniable sense of peacefulness. There's, there's a, there's a stillness, there's a, there's a wholeness to it. And at a certain point, there's like, there's nowhere else that I have to go. 
There's nothing else that I have to do. There's nothing else that could possibly be added to enhance that feeling of wholeness and completion. And from that point, now we're talking about higher states of consciousness. Now we're talking about how like uh, almost without any effort, gratitude, compassion, love, respect, uh, all of these qualities just spontaneously emerge uh, in the awakened mind and the awakened heart. Um, This is where I believe that all of the spiritual path is, is leading us to again, love. That's it. Love period. Yep. That's it. Back to love. (laughs) That's it. Yeah. Yeah. That's why meditation is so important. I think, I don't think everybody has to do it or has to have like, you know, do it every day, but I think just exploring what that means to just be still because it's the, it's the simplest, hardest thing to do for most people. It's like to just find that, that, stillness in yourself to be able to be by yourself and find out what that really means because like you said with that comes higher states of awareness higher states of emotion higher energy higher vibes whatever you want to call it there's something about stillness that curates a higher state of consciousness i don't know why it's like first we have to we have to quiet the mind rest the mind and see that we're not the mind and that's the first step is seeing that we transcend that. We transcend the ego. But first you have to be able to just be with the ego, essentially, and examine what you really are for a little bit. What do you do for meditation? Do you have a meditation practice? Um, that's a good question. Yeah, I I have kind of, it's it's changed so much over the years, you know, like um and kind of gone through various various stages where um I guess it was a little more than 10 years ago now when I really started to explore meditation. And when I first started, um, it was kind of like I, I, I tried to do a daily meditation practice and where I would sit and, you know, meditate for 20 or 30 minutes a day. And, uh, I found that really difficult, like to not, not necessarily to meditate that actually came quite easily to me and and it felt pretty enjoyable from the get go, but like to be consistent with it, and to, to figure out ways to integrate that into my everyday life. And yeah. so like, that's something that I've, I've uh, explored more and more over the years, this idea that meditation is not an activity that is undertaken separately from everyday life. It's a state <laughs> of being, yeah, exactly. it's a state of, it's a state of consciousness that we can embody and allow that to infuse everything, exactly. a- anything, every, 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 every waking moment. And so, but it's been a process like to get from there to here, you know, and, and I think what helped me at first, what, what really helped me at first was to, to start as small as possible, like a micro building, like a micro habit of meditation. Cause I thought like 20 or 30 minutes a day, that's nothing. Like I can do that every day, but I, I didn't. So I was like, all right, let me break this down even further. Let me just do like, wake up in the morning, 10 conscious breaths. Like yeah. just 10 conscious breaths. There's, I have no excuse not to do this. Like there's no, right. there's like, there's, it takes me literally 30 seconds. Yep. Um, so that starting on that really, really small scale was the key, I think for me to getting that consistency. And 
I think it's kind, it's kind of like an exercise, you know, it's like, like when you do a bicep curl, like every time you do that, that muscle is going to get progressively strengthened. And this action is going to get easier and easier. And just in the same way, I think that like through, um, I do see a meditation, meditation practice as, as very important to sort of, uh, beginning to live life from that, from that place. Um, and I don't know, I, I, I think as well, like another helpful thing, like in terms of specific types of meditation or, or practices of meditation, I have explored, uh, different, different options and different routes. I, I have done like a 10 day meditation retreat a few years ago. That was like an amazing experience. Mm. Um, really, really difficult in some ways, but, um, equally rewarding. Um, what I've come to see, I, I think that like, if there is something that like, I'll, I'll, I'll give an example. I, I like listening to music and like a lot of times I'll, I'll just, you know, as before I'm going to bed or whatever, I'll just, I'll just throw on some music and just like, just, just chill out. Mm -hmm. And, um, we can use those already enjoyable moments as the uh, anchor for our meditative practice. And what I mean by that is like, I started using that as the, as like, um, I just, I would just sit there and listen to the music and use, use the music as the, as the anchor for my awareness, for my attention. Mm. And when, when I got lost in the mind, just returning to that, uh, it is really helpful to have sort of this, like, especially, um, when I was first beginning with meditation, it, it was very, very helpful to have like this, this anchor point for my attention. Uh, you know, start, uh, start, I, I did start with the breath. Like that's, that's the, um, it's just so fundamental. Like just, just, just using that as the anchor for attention and, and breathing inwardly and breathing outwardly really consciously and just, just feeling that. Yep. Um, but we can, we can use any, if we can, you know, see it, hear it, feel it, taste it, touch it, we can become present to that through yeah. that. And over time, like I, I, I kind of started looking at like listening to music or other activities that I, I enjoy using that sense of enjoyment and pleasure as the thing that I was becoming meditative to and through. And that, that I think that was like a breakthrough for me because that really helped me just enjoy that process. It didn't feel like I was exerting effort to use meditation to try to um, accomplish anything. Like I was just enjoying it. Yeah. And over that, uh, through, through that process of, of, you know, s several years, um, now it does feel like a more natural, like it doesn't feel like I have to exert energy as much yeah. to be in a meditative state. It's more just this like embodied state of presence. Right. Mm -hmm. And uh, like this idea of, of heart centered awareness of, of sort of almost feeling the center of my attention here in my, in my chest, in my core um, rather than just, being lost constantly in, in, in the thoughts, in the mind. Um, and that's how I found to, uh, in, that's how I found the, the, the way of infusing meditation into activities, my daily life where the mind is very much required. Like I need to be, we need to be thinking and, 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 um, communicating and engaging with life in order to like, just be a human being, you know? Yeah. Um, but there's a way, there's a way to, uh, 
uh, engage with the mind as a useful tool rather than as a, as a horrible master, right? Exactly. Just like just lost in the mind constantly. And, and that's one of the big, that's one of the big themes, you know, here at, at, at the retreat center, like the work that I'm, I'm doing is, um, a lot of it is around, I, I think the, 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 one of the keys to having the most profound and transformative experiences in psychedelics or non-ordinary states of consciousness is meditation, right? Like it's almost obvious to say, but what that means in a way is, uh, stepping up off the hamster wheel. Yep. Like this, 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 this constant inner dialogue that never shuts up and oftentimes is a is more critical of ourselves and our life circumstances than uplifting and really like we inflict so much uh suffering upon ourselves just just through this little thing through impulsive thinking through the addiction of thinking Mm -hmm. um it's it's been remarkable to observe that here in this work but uh yeah, I mean that's something that I do discuss with a lot of the people that I work with is this aspect of like uh mindfulness of of meditative of of just presence like that that ultimate simplicity of just being aware of where we are of just being like yep, letting being. go of all all the doing Mm-hmm. And like, like this constant, I got to get somewhere <laughs> and, and, and just, 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 just like relaxing into presence. That's yeah. it. Yeah. It's a process. That's why we have meditation. I think that that's why the breath is so important because we're always breathing. <laughs> so if you know how to work with the breath and kind of, uh, you know, practice pranayama, which is just breath practice or any kind of breath practice, it's cool because like, no matter what situation you're in, you can always come back to that anchor point. You might not always have music playing that you can anchor yourself to or whatever that you'd like to use, but we always have the breath. So I think that's why the breath is the simplest, easiest, I guess you could say, uh, meditative practice. Because if you're not breathing, then you got bigger problems. <laughs> you, you have to you have to be able to have some kind of anchor point though, I think. like to, that, that is meditation in a way. And the breath is, it's always there. It's our life force. So yeah, yeah. Once yeah. you can perfect that, when you're not meditating, you can always come back into like. Sometimes just, I throughout my day, I just find myself just like becoming aware of a random breath. I just go like, oh, okay, yeah, we're good. And that is from mm-hmm. being able to do that. Is from like you said, exercising the mind, and and doing the. It's almost quite literally mental exercises, and then you take that off. I I say the yoga mat. You take that off the yoga mat or wherever you're doing it. And you, yeah, you're just more peaceful, essentially. If you can come back to that peace and escape the default mode network of the mind, of the ego, and come back to that, that is, that's the right path. But that's the process of what we're here for as being humans in this crazy 21st century lifestyle yeah. that we live is finding that peace. Because I'm not perfect. I'm yeah. not there yet. But I'm definitely knowing that just, like I said, the journey is the destination. As long as I know that I'm, that's what I'm, curating for my being then i'm already there it's just the process of um staying with my practice i guess you could say i'm big into yoga and meditation as well so it's just that's what grounds me that's like my anchor point to that peace and that stillness Mm. inside so yeah yeah just stay on whatever everybody's journey is whatever there's you know everybody's different in this life but i guess if you have some kind of consistent way to access that peace 
maybe playing an instrument, maybe uh, painting a picture, whatever it is, cooking, something that can bring you to that peace and realize the, you know, the monkey mind, all the the stuff that's going on in your head probably doesn't mean that much. And it just kind of, it's like you said, we have to be the master of our mind and not let it be the master of us. And it's, Mm -hmm. and it starts with the breath. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It, It really, it really does. It really does. I mean, it's so simple. It's, it's, it's the ultimate simplicity in a way, you know, and, and I think this is, this is one of the, like what you said about the, the journey itself being the destination is, I think it's one of the most important uh, insights on the path of, of in life period, like on the spiritual path, like I, I observed in myself, there's always this impulse to go deeper to go further, to become more awakened, more enlightened, more liberated, to learn more and practice more and all these things. Um, There is a great irony here that in Mm -hmm. that constant search, that pursuit of like someday in the future, I will experience those things. That itself is a very subtle obstacle from us tapping into that in a deeper way here now in the present moment. Yeah. And there's this 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 uh, spiritual quote, you know, that says, like, everything that we are looking for on the path of spiritual awakening is within the one who is looking. Yeah. Like that was such a I was like, whoa, let me reread that for a second, because I was like, that implies very clearly it's here already. And this is this is the core spiritual teaching all throughout the world. Right. The Buddha nature is within each one of us. The kingdom of heaven is within each one of us. You see this in every major spiritual and religious tradition all around the world, the same teaching that it is within, right? And here's another key insight that like I've reflected on, like this metaphor of the flower. I do think that we all have this immense potential to to blossom at our, our consciousness to blossom, to evolve. But just in the same way, like it can't it can't happen by force, right? Like we there's no one who could take a seed and peel open a seed and pull the flower out of the seed mm-hmm. that that's counterproductive right but if the right conditions are present then the blossoming happens on its own accord just because life is an infinite divine miracle yep and just in the same way there's nothing that you and I from this the ego mind there's nothing that we can do to uh, force or coerce this process of spiritual awakening to accelerate or anything like that. Right. It's ironically, again, it's like when we let go of the wheel, when we just relax as we are, when we rest in presence, when we go inwardly, when we cultivate awareness of awareness, that's like the water, the sunlights, the nutrients that's nourishing our being that is nourishing our being on the deepest level. Um, and that it, through that process, it's a natural unfolding process of purification and, and uh, evolution, you know? Yep. So it's the metamorphosis of life, man. And it starts with just finding that peace inside. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really hard to put these things into words. So, I mean, but it is, there is importance in the stuff that we speak about. But ultimately, all of these things that we're talking about for anybody that's listening goes beyond 
anything that I could say, anything that you could say, just have to experience it for yourself, like these kind of states of being. And yeah, man, it's, it's, uh, it's like something, it's a feeling in a way, knowing that it's going to be okay, no matter what. It's salvation. Like there's something that no matter what happens to me, I know it's going according to plan. Like it's, this is, this is how life is supposed to unfold. There's something in me that can't be taken away because of transcendent experiences that I've had. It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. <laughs> that is, that is, that is super cool. And like, yeah, I mean, everything that you say just resonates in a deep way with, with my own experience that like we do all, all have to, um, look within for ourselves and, and contact that direct experience for ourselves. It's like this, the ancient Zen proverb that, you know, the teacher can show us the door, but only we can step through and enter. Yep. And that is a process. It's not about like, again, it's actually going deeper than the mind of settling in presence and, and turning our attention inwardly to the place from which attention is, is, is coming from. And from that point, like you, you said it very well, again, like at a certain point, I, I have kind of felt a sense of trust and faith that yeah. I don't have to, I don't have to understand where this is going, everything that's happening here. Uh, you know, the purpose of, of and, and all, all these questions that I want to understand, but I know ultimately I can't, but I don't, I don't have to understand these things. Like I have faith that, uh, I look around at this, this infinite universe and that somehow has self-organized into this miracle of existence, this, this cosmic gem of a planet with infinite uh, biodiversity and just like unbelievable beauty um, that somehow life has self-organized into this, you know, from the Big Bang billions of years ago. Um, and I guess this goes back to what you were saying, like the reductionist theory that it's all just like an accident of atoms kind of bumping into each other. I mean, I look around and I see mind blowing and completely inexplicable beauty, order, magnificence, epicness, awesome. Uh, how is it that a seed does know how to blossom into a flower? Hmm. How is it that right now, your heart is beating and my heart is beating without even trying. It's yeah. just happening. There are trillions and trillions of processes happening in the body uh, right now just to enable this experience to happen, this conversation to happen. Life is an infinite miracle. And the more that I have explored it, uh, the more that I have sort of sensed that there is this intelligence. There's this, there's this infinite wisdom to it somehow that the, the driving force behind like this life emergence, like, yeah. like not only has life emerged, but there's a orderliness to it. There's a beauty yeah. and, and a magnificence to it. Um, and, and I believe I have, I have so much trust and faith that that is always here, yeah. no matter what in the highs and the lows in the good times and the bad times, when we zoom out and look at the bigger picture, it's like, oh yeah, this is an infinite divine miracle. Yep. And no matter what happens in, in my life, in your life, in these, these human earthly affairs, in, in that bigger picture view, it's all good. 
It's exactly. all good. It's all good, baby. <laughs> no worries. So, For real, man. So, so like, I'm not, not, not saying that as a way of like, you know, uh, trying to escape from our, our human responsibilities and, and, and the fact that we do in, in a lot of ways have to, um, we have a very, very important role to play here. I think you and I, and every single person who's listening to this, every single person on earth, we all have a very, very important role to play here, um, to co-create this experience. And, um, wherever that, wherever this is going, whatever that means. Yeah. But at the same time, it is that kind of paradoxical thing where you're like, it's all good, baby. Like no worries. <laughs> it's all good. Exactly. <laughs> and from that yeah. faith comes a certain alignment, at least in me, it's like knowing that it's all good allows me to not, doesn't mean I'm just going to sit around all day and just kind of hang out and just watch YouTube videos or something. That means that alignment brings me into use this bodily vessel more effectively to facilitate everybody else using it effectively. Like it, it's not, I don't know. It doesn't mean you're going to become a hippie just because you come to these conclusions. It means that for me, at least I, it allows me to act accordingly because we're all here as servants. We're all here to do some kind of bidding of that order of the, of the cosmos, which I, isn't cosmos in Greek mean order. I didn't know that. Oh, I think it awesome. does. I might be wrong. Someone might have to fact check me on that, but it's, <laughs> I will say it does. <laughs> so it's like we, once we come to con uh, the conclusion of that order, we act according to that order. It's, it's like according to the Tao. It's something that it's like strengthens one's ability in this meat suit to further progress everybody else's meat suit. It's something that it's like the only way, you know, it is, it's the way is the way, man. Like that is, you first find the way yourself and then you show the way to others, or at least you try to facilitate a way uh, for them to see the way, you know, yes. it doesn't end just with the simple awareness of, of, of the peace and the stillness. That's to me, that's just the beginning. And then from there you act accordingly. You're on, you're on it, bro. You're on it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> By coming into full conscious alignment with life as it is, with the nat with this higher order, with the natural unfolding of things, by coming into full conscious alignment with that, we are becoming empowered co-creators, empowered co-creators. This is one way of understanding it. Uh, I think, again, this is this is uh, Eckhart Tolle, where I first heard this, but he, he discusses the, the inner purpose and the outer purpose. Mm. The inner purpose is this process of, of, of awakening, of healing, of doing this inner work, of meditating and, and, and mindfulness and tapping into higher states of consciousness in the ways that we've been discussing. The outer purpose will flow naturally from that, almost effortlessly in a lot of ways, I believe. See, we've yeah. that, this, this is one thing like most of, most of humanity has kind of got it backwards in the sense that we're all so focused on the outer world, on this outer purpose, that by neglecting this, this, this inner process of growth and exploration and healing, um, we are draining our power. We're less powerful to operate in the, in the external world and, and affect real change. And this is like, it's, it's something that I've thought so much about, especially in relation to like, you know, on my YouTube channel, making videos and stuff. Um, this process of 
creation of bringing something into the world. It's like, there are these polarities where it's like, I think in some ways in, in, in the awakened mind, there is the recognition that there's nothing externally that's going to bring me more peace or pleasure or fulfillment or whatever, you know, uh, that all of that ultimately is to be found inwardly. But at the same time, we're not going to sit on the couch for the rest of our lives and just like eat, eat chips, you know, like, um, there is so much that t- to be done in this world. And, and there is, uh, these are lives of service, I think, ultimately, as you said. Um, and I think that through, again, through this process of awakening that inner purpose, then we're tapping into our, uh, we're cultivating awareness of our inner world. We're tapping into our intuition. We're tapping into what sets us on fire. What do mm. we feel passionate about? Like, what do we feel excited about? Because we all have not just one thing, but many things that, that capture our attention and draw us in, you know? And, um, I do, I see that the, our emotion, our emotionality has this great wisdom to it where I believe it's almost like this is the compass needle pointing us in true North of, of self actualization. Mm-hmm. It's like, there's this process of, uh, awakening. And there's also this process of self-actualization of, of living out our, our fullest potential. And ultimately they are one in the same process. They're very much interconnected like this, but it is sort of this inner and the outer, this balance of being and doing. Yep. And, uh, that's, that's such a, a, a key, key, uh, point of exploration for anyone who is on this path of, of spiritual awakening, because, um, in a way like awakening to true self or to no self or to like that sort of mystical, those peak spiritual experiences are only the beginning. That's not a finish line. Like Mm -hmm. we still got our whole lives to live. So there's the question of like, what next, right? After awakening, what next? After awakening, self-actualization, self-actualization of, of uh, tapping into our passion and our excitement of, uh, serving this collective evolution through that very simple and joyful process of mm-hmm. doing that, which we feel excited about of, of co-creating of, of, of giving back to the world. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's the way there's no yes. other way. That's kind yes. of once you know, once you know, you know, and there's nothing else that can kind of, tell me otherwise at least that like i said we're servants we're here to we're here for some reason we're not this isn't just a random occurrence of atoms it might be but even then we still have to serve that random occurrence of atoms i guess you know even from like no no matter what like there's there's order that we're serving i think there is something that we're here for man and that is true we're just i think we're just building a better world we're just you know the, the whole process is awakening realization and then like you said yes actualization actually living it out that's the that's the whole process um and we're yeah, all and, here to do that on our own accord and you know what like it's a challenging process right yeah like there's 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 no denying that there are there are great challenges along the way uh it's it can feel very very difficult to to navigate this this process in a lot of ways and it certainly was for me like there were a couple of years there where I just felt completely lost. Like I had no idea I was going through this process of awakening, but I was like, where is this taking me? Like, 
uh, how am I supposed to exist in this world? What am I supposed to be doing? And in a, in a period of like basically despair, like I was, <laughs> I was kind of just sitting in my bedroom, like crying to myself, like, what the, what, what, what am I doing here? Yeah. Uh, it came to me naturally. Uh, it was just like this sense of surrender and mm. where I was talking to, to life, the cosmos, you know, whatever, whatever myself, I guess, ultimately, I was just saying like, I don't know why I'm here. I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. I don't know which direction that I'm supposed to be going. I don't know what I'm supposed to be living, eh, nothing, mm -hmm. but may I serve you, mm. whatever that looks like. May I, may I, may I serve, may I serve this, like in whatever that looks like and whatever is, is most helpful <laughs> to whatever it is that's going on here. Like, may I just be a vessel for that? And that did, I mean, that is very much connected to that sense of faith and trust and just relaxing and knowing that this is an unfolding process that, uh, but it's okay. Like we're, we're, we're in good hands here. You know, like this is, um, yeah, yeah, that 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 did bring a lot of peace into my life. And and somehow, like, I do think that this opens up like synchronicities and sort of this yep. this almost like like, um, you know, I don't really talk that much about manifestation because I think I don't know, it's I don't necessarily agree with a lot of what people talk about in, in terms of manifestation. It can be a little corny I, sometimes. Yeah. And, and I think that a lot of people are coming at it from the ego mind where yeah. they're like, how do I hack my mind and life? How do I trick life into giving me what I yeah. want? It doesn't work like that. It, yeah, it, 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 no, it's not the it point. doesn't, no, it's not, it's not the point whatsoever, but I do have, I do, I do absolutely believe that there is this sort of deeper level of manifestation where just by uh, tapping it, going through this inner process tapping into higher states of consciousness and in, like bringing higher states of consciousness into the world, like peace, gratitude, love, compassion, feeling those things in our body by bringing them into our body. We're bringing them in into the world, into the, this collective. Yeah. And I do think that there is this like mirroring thing going on here where the outer world in, in a lot of ways, like the more that you, give love and give gratitude, the more that life is giving you things mm -hmm. to love and be grateful for. Yep. I can't prove that by any science, <laughs> but <laughs> that's my, that's my sense. That's my sort of intuitive experience. You know, yeah. I do think that that's that deeper level of manifestation, but it's not coming from the mind. It's not coming from like, I need to focus on these thoughts and eliminate these thoughts to, uh, hack my life or something it's coming mm -hmm. from our state of being yeah. our state of consciousness from from our very heart from our very core and it's more about the emotionality than any thoughts that's happening in our mind it's like if we accomplished all of our wildest dreams what would that then feel like it would be this feeling of like liberation of freedom yeah. like all right i made it i'm home i'm here here's the question can we tap into that same feeling state here and now? Not yes. maybe that, that, that might be quite a leap for some people, you know, I mean, people who are in a difficult life circumstance right now, it's not always, that doesn't always feel available, but 
it is available. I believe, I believe we do all have that capacity within us to feel into that, that falling in love with life, man. Mm. Like we're, we're, we're like, I'm home. I made it like, there's nowhere else I need to get to and feeling that sense of wholeness and contentment. Then life is delivering more and more and more stuff for you to be whole and content about. Yeah, exactly. It's a beautiful thing. Falling in love with <laughs> life. A, it, yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. You fall you fall fall out of love just as easily as falling in, but uh, <laughs> you know. So it so it so it goes. It's the roller coaster. It's the roller coaster ride, right? Exactly. As long as you know it's a ride. That's all that matters. All all rides have a beginning, a middle, and an end. <laughs> that's great, man. I think we can probably wrap the conversation up at that. That's a that's a good topic to to leave people on, I guess you could say. But uh, yeah, this was this was a great convo, man. I'm I'm glad you decided to come on here and talk to me. We I don't know. I think uh, we went to some. We got deep. <laughs> we did go deep, man. I I really I really enjoyed that conversation and. Yeah, I can tell that that you're I mean, it's just a lot of resonance. I can tell that you're really, really uh, dialed in and you've really been exploring a lot of these these ideas and um, you have a really excellent way of, of expressing them as well. I, I think that was that was a great conversation. And we did touch on like, damn, we hit so many different topics, too. Yeah, same to you, <laughs> yeah. man. Yeah, we're both fighting the good fight, you know? Yeah, absolutely. One day at a time. <laughs> um, well, you want to plug anything before we wrap this up? You want to say anything? to the world no n- not really just thanks everyone for tuning in check me out on uh cosmic consciousness with jonas that's my youtube channel i also did just recently start a psychedelic consulting company uh where i offer guidance and support about how to prepare for the experience as well as integrate and that's called intervisionpsychedelics.com um intervisionpsychedelics.com is a website where you can you can find me and uh that's it Awesome, bro. Thanks for coming on. My Thanks pleasure. for anyone listening. And uh, yeah, it's all going to be good. It's all going to be okay, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> all right, man.